Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Meadow Life. Meadow Life is a health and wellness brand. Um, they feature all kinds of health and wellness products. They focus mostly on supplements. They have everything from vitamin E, vitamin C, NADs, vitamin K. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Shilajit tablets. I put some in my coffee every morning to help me think a little more clearly, process things smoothly, that sort of thing. Um, but again, they they kind of focus on all across all health and wellness products. Um, their goal is to be innovative and effective, trying to help people become less stressed, uh, more energized, and live happier lives. Um, I do also recommend checking out their podcast, Meadow Life Radio. The host and owner, Matt Blackburn, does a really great job in educating listeners and, and his audience about what supplements are right for them. Um, you can find them online at meadowlife.co. That's M-I-T-O-L-I-F e.co and if you use promo code betterism you can get 15% off all of their products and there's no restrictions there um, again that's meadowlife.co promo code betterism for 15% off please go check them out they do a really great job in educating and sharing the knowledge and i think that is a lost art this day and age meadowlife.co check them out all right, welcome, friends. Welcome to the Betterism Podcast. You know me, I'm your host, Glenn. We have a returning guest today, Owen Samarone, founder of Unleash the Knowledge. Owen, welcome back, man. Thank you, Glenn. It's a pleasure to be back. Pleasure to have you. Um, you know, I wanted to get you on because when we first spoke uh, last July, you had pointed out before we started recording, um, you had only a few months under your belt with Unleash the, Law, uh, Unleash the Knowledge. Sorry, I can't talk this afternoon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, since then, you've grown leaps and bounds. Uh, newsletter, uh, you have a podcast series going. You're starting the launch of this uh, online learning community. You know, I figured we'd kind of start with Unleash the Knowledge and kind of see where you've grown since then, but kind of just branch off. Because I know you have a lot of side projects going on right now, too. So, um. So I, I guess we could start with the newsletter. You've launched a newsletter since we last spoke, um, which I am loving, by the way. You have your three book recommendations. You got all kinds of, uh, you know, links to here and there and all kinds of great information in there. Where did the newsletter kind of come into fruition or has that always been part of the plan? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, brand started as an Instagram page, branched out to a couple other socials, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and um, email was always a focus, uh, uh, or email was on the radar, I guess we'll say from the beginning. Um, you know, morning brew is, is a newsletter that I keep a close eye on. Actually, one of the founders is from a town over a couple of towns over from me. We haven't connected yet, but good to see another Jersey guy doing well in the business world. And, Hell yeah. um, you know, they sold for 75 million being a business newsletter. And then recently, probably only like three weeks ago, I discovered the hustle which I don't know if you're familiar with. It's this mm -hmm. millennial entrepreneurship brand. And I've been devouring Sam Parr's content, the founder, 
and um, they just sold to HubSpot for like 25 million or so. Um, so it's just incredible to know the power of a newsletter today. And, you know, mine, so, I mean, obviously that validates the idea that there's something there. Um, sure. My main mission with the email list, which is not even close to where it is currently, because like you said, it's just a three book recommendations every Tuesday. Just, um, you know, I don't even, I don't even really write too much on each. It's just a simple, you know, here are Jeff Bezos's top three picks for books and, and put some links so people could go purchase them if they'd like on Amazon. And then, you know, read what Jim Jeff Bezos is reading versus mm-hmm. Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, whoever else. But my vision for this is to, you know, distill the biggest ideas and topics from these nonfiction books and get it over to people in five minutes or less to consume and, you know, devour and then implement those takeaways right away. So expedite the process of them learning this new information. So, you know, similar approach to Morning Brew, where they like to, whether you want to call it dumbing down or distilling the big ideas from finance news and tech news into a five minute read so that you can go into the workplace. And, you know, I guess the way they word it is not sound like an idiot when you're at the water station (laughs) or the coffee station, but genius idea, because first off, everyone's attention spans are are super short. And, Mm -hmm. and also it's, it's notable knowledge to know. So that's kind of the premise of what I'm trying to do with with mine. And like I said, I'm not quite there yet because I do want to do a great job and I do want to spend some time on it. Um, and that, of course, you know, takes me, you know, going through my book notes and, and finding the big ideas. But um, yeah, you know, I have this audacious goal kicking off 2021 to grow this email list of 500,000 people. And, you know, I'm all about setting these big goals. And mm-hmm. um and even though these brands like Morning Brew and, and The Hustle, they have like a million to a million half to two million, you know, in my eyes, that's so obtainable because when you think about how many people are actually in the U.S. Um, or the, you know, globally, period, it's incredible. You know, seven billion, obviously, on the planet and then and then 300 million or so, 350 million on in our in our country, you know, just getting one million. Yeah, it's a big number, but it, it is a sliver to some degree. And personally... I think this could be pretty attractive where, you know, people want to learn more. They want to read, but they don't want to put the time in to actually sit down and read the book. One, because it's not cool today. And two, it takes time, of course, and no one has any patience. So I'm kind of <laughs> expediting and streamlining that process to get the information to them far quicker. And we'll see. I mean, I need to dedicate more time towards it, but I think it has some power to catch wind. Sure, sure. And that's easily an attainable goal. Uh, I shouldn't say easily. It is an attainable goal uh, to reach that. Like you said, like the numbers in ratio, um, you you think about how many, and then on top of that, how many multiple email addresses people have. You know, um, Brian Holiday preaches on this a lot too, talking about how the power of the the newsletter has never really left, right? Like Like technology has kind of evolved along with email and it's kind of grown beyond it. Um, as far as reaching people, but the art of the newsletter has been steadily growing since the birth of email. I mean, I, you know, I, I always think of the success story that is Maria Popova um, and her, her website, Brain Pickings, how it kind of started mm-hmm. out as a newsletter and then turned into the blog. And now she runs both, um, you know, and of course she has a team and stuff like that, that kind of helped her grow there. But you know, that and we're talking like 10 years in the making of that. And you are only just now launching in 2021, um, to late 2020, I should say, with the newsletter. Um, and the other thing, too, is like you, you touched base on the uh, the bite size 
of it. Right. I think that I think that's super important this day and age because you know I, I subscribe to a lot of uh, book related newsletters. Personally, I like to read, so I don't really mind it. But I can see where, you know, time is the of the essence these days. You know as well as I do. I'm sure listeners can relate to that as well. You know, carving out ten minutes to read an email isn't always necessary. Isn't always possible. Um, whereas if you have like the key concepts from you know so and so's top three books, at the very least, that's kind of like your your pathway, right? Like then you can then if you choose to dig further, you can oh, okay, you know. Bezos bought this book and he loved it. Now I'm, I'm going to dig into it because I'm, I'm, I'm into the three points that Owen pointed out, you know? So I think that's definitely um, produces a lot of value these, these days when people are in such a rush to work on their own things. Um, Absolutely. It's, it, Absolutely. it's interesting too. You know, it ties into like what you kind of launched with the Instagram as well. So how do the two things kind of tie together? I mean, it's obviously the brand kind of, you know, it links the two up, but as far as producing the content, do you find any crossover there between the Instagram and the newsletter? Um, yeah, good question. You know, so, um, there's, uh, yeah, like, I mean, the newsletter is probably going to be more text-based. So more so probably touch sure. upon my, my captions of, of my Instagram, um, my Instagram posts. Cause obviously it's visual and then that's the text component, but um, right. no, I, there's definitely some overlap. You know, I would love to, you know, this is something I haven't done. So my, when I started showing my face on the brand, it was for two reasons, but the first reason was to um, provide more value to the author and promote their book with a video review. So that was me, you know, there's a, there's a larger purpose behind that. I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, build trust, show my face, give my two, two cents takeaways Um, you know, I don't know if viewers, you know, see themselves in me or they can just relate because I'm a younger guy and maybe they're thinking of how they would think towards this book. So that was first and foremost. And then the second reason was for the podcast. So I, I I do my podcast and I do, and I have video recording and so forth. Um, but one idea that I can use video again, that can touch upon the email is maybe do a one minute kind of one takeaway, one book bite video on Instagram and then elaborate on that in text form in the email. So that can, you know, Mm -hmm. deliver the same sort of message, whether it's the same exact contents that I'm sharing, one's in video and one's in text. Um, Because again, you don't know if uh, everyone's on, you know, you don't know which platform people find you on. Like I'm sure I have a lot of uh, fans or audience members on LinkedIn that aren't uh, on Instagram. So there's people over there that maybe people just like, uh, email and that's kind of their medium that they like to consume news and and knowledge and so forth so yeah there's definitely some overlap um it it, it definitely makes the job easier you know as a content creator that mm-hmm. you can just repurpose content like something you know that we haven't touched upon yet but i actually just dove into twitter a bit more and i'm actually fascinated by twitter i was never really much of a tweeter or someone really on the platform um mainly because i'm a visual learner and that's why i love Instagram, I love to, you know, see the image, see the work and so forth. And uh, right. not so much, I guess, tech, text-based, but as I tap into Twitter some more, it's actually the really intelligent people that succeed because you have to be able to, again, I always use this term dumbed down, but I don't know, even know if that's the proper way, but you're able to distill the big 
uh, complex topics that you want to get across into this 280 character, um, you know, paragraph or couple couple sentences. So that's right. powerful, and that and that does very well. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just there's, but I've been doing well on Twitter because I'm repurposing my content from Instagram. So it is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're different countries. People like to call them. Each platform has their own rules, yeah. has their own style. But to your question, I can definitely definitely get some inspiration or some direction from um, using some major social media platforms and the content I'm pushing out there and then repurpose for email as well. Right. And the reason I have to is, you know, uh, this has come up on the podcast a few times in some previous episodes about um, using multiple platforms, but with similar content. So, you know, like taking the homework you're doing of reading a book and taking the notes and kind of like learning the content within that book and then applying it within the boundaries of each separate platform. Um, I think it can be a little overwhelming if you don't look at it that way. Like if you look at, if you look at all these platforms is like, Oh, I got to make an Instagram post. I got a Twitter. I need to send out the newsletter. And you look at those as separate entities. It can be a little bit overwhelming as somebody who's trying to produce content and reach as many um, followers or, or fans as, as possible. And if you know, you start to recognize that you're able to kind of like spread the content across the mediums. Um, you start to realize how, how much you have, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's, that's not easy. I should, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's easy to do, but you know, your, your content has a little more mileage in it than you think it does. Absolutely. And, and I, um, not that I disagree with people that say you really need to, you know, curate content, for each platform. Um, right. I mean, I get that, but you know, believe me, I've used, I've used an Instagram picture on every single platform and, and have pushed it out with the same exact caption and it, you know, it, it gets some eyes and it, it gets the value across. Um, but yeah, if you have the time, if you have the team, if you have the dedication, by all means, you know, study each and tailor your content that way. But by, yeah. by no means should you overwhelm yourself. You can, you know, easily build a, a, a multi-platform social media presence by, um, you know, getting really good at one platform. That's what I'll say, you know, try to be an expert in one platform like I am yes. with Instagram, but then uh, repurpose your content for the other platforms. I mean, I'm, uh, you can see my content elsewhere. LinkedIn, I probably get a couple likes, but my following is growing slowly. Um, so, I mean, the content's getting out, but Instagram is definitely like the four focus or, you know, the main driver of my work, but Again, yeah, to your point, don't overwhelm overwhelm yourself. Um, you know, don't have that that paralysis of of not pushing out content. I'm literally the opposite. Whenever I hear things like that, I don't check my work enough and I'm I'm more <laughs> focused about getting things out because I honestly personally I just don't care um about perfection. You know, I'm all about just getting it mm -hmm. out there, see what happens. And what's great with social media is you get a direct response, you know, feed feedback loop. Um, in a matter of seconds or minutes. So uh, right. yeah, no, definitely don't be overwhelmed. Yeah. And the perfection often comes uh, with that feedback, right? Like then you re you start to recognize like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this thing anymore because so many people are reacting to it in a negative way. And, you know, that's part of the, lear that's part of the learning process. You kind of walk your way through and you kind of experiment here and there. Um, you know, it's not like you're you're trying to publish a book. Like, of course, that's going to be a lot more uh, perfect than like a social right. media post right? right i mean there's there's a huge difference between platforms there um and it's <laughs> yeah. important to recognize that 
especially someone who's, you know, uh, essentially the whole platform is around books and knowledge, <laughs> so to speak, which is your, um, so I know Instagram is probably your largest, which is your second biggest subscription? Uh, that's a good question. To be honest, everything else is kind of in its own like central bucket with, with the mm-hmm. rest of them. Um, but Twitter, we're doing well, you know, 700, I think is on Twitter, which, mm-hmm. you know, might not seem much, but I've actually started 10 days ago at 350. So I've actually grown insane, insanely, literally in the past few days, um, mm-hmm. past week or so with that platform. So I could see that getting pretty big. Um, you know, Facebook's pretty much irrelevant today. I, I don't use it much. It's, 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 I guess not my crowd. And I also think it's very heavily, um, regulated by ads and yes and, and organic traffic does not come through and organic reach and so forth um and then you know the yeah so uh, you know the email list is is still very small with my audacious goal at 500k it's actually it's sub 1000 right now you know it's close to hitting that marker but mm-hmm. nothing to brag about so instagram definitely is on its own island and and um try to use that as a vehicle to drive traffic elsewhere but um, right. yeah the hub Yep. Where does uh, or I should say, what what platform are you using for your newsletter? Uh, like what software? Yeah, so I'm actually using ConvertKit. So mm. I used to use Mailchimp and uh, disliked it heavily. It would uh, freeze on me. It would log me out, and yeah. it was just like not a very interesting, uh, not a very friendly user inter- experience, user interface, mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, and then I went through this whole rabbit hole of trying to figure out what morning brew uses and what these big companies use. And of course they are, you know, 90% customized at this point because of their, right. their actual business. But I did learn morning brew used, um, at a campaign monitor. It's is what is what it's called. And I was going to use them, but they, um, convert kit again, was just super user friendly and, and it just seemed very straightforward. So I, I bet I've, you know, I've been using it for a bit now. I love it. You know, the one thing, the biggest hurdle I think with, with email is, is figuring out how to get out of the spam folder and get mm-hmm. into the primary folder. You know, yeah. our, the conversion rate's pretty good right now. It's, you know, it's mid, mid to low twenties, 20% for open rate, which from my research is that's like the bare minimum, I guess, or if it's below that there's, there's some problems, but, right. um, obviously we want to increase that, but, um, yeah, convert kit. It's helpful. So do you have any, you know, I have a lot of listeners who are, who are trying to build brands themselves. Um, do you have any advice for somebody who's looking to launch their newsletter? I mean, you're fresh out of that bucket of, of like launching it. And now you have several issues, I should say, under your belt. Um, so if anyone's out there looking to kind of grow and, and, and launch their own, where should they start? What, what should they kind of kick off with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first and foremost, don't pick a broad topic try to be pretty niche to some degree. So, Mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not an education newsletter. I'm trying to get the big ideas from specifically nonfiction books over to people in a quick amount of time. So that's, that's niche enough. Um, You know, when you compare yourself to a morning brew or the hustle, you know, obviously they are all top trending business and tech news, but I doubt they started that way. I'm sure they started pretty, you know, just with maybe just finance or just tech or whatever that may be, but find something that you're interested in that you're passionate about and, um, try to, you know, think of what you would like. That's, that's the biggest thing I think in terms of building a brand or or startup or else or anything really 
Um, and that's what that, you know, that's where the whole purpose talk and, and the motivation talk comes in where if you're building something that you love, but that you would personally use if it wasn't your own entity, you know, that's, that's where you win. So unleash the knowledge itself is like, if I wasn't running it, I'd be the top follower. I'd be looking at everything. You know, I, I love, I love everything that, uh, it would produce. So, um, so that, that's one tidbit, you know, I guess a little bit more advanced tips that I haven't started doing yet, but I'm learning through, through doing my own research is the, this whole referral ambassador program is super helpful. So that's, you know, creating an incentive for people to share your newsletter and then granting them, um, what, you know, granting them a piece of merchandise or, you know, a mug of some sort. So the hustle and morning brew have credited, credited this to their success. And, um, and I was just telling somebody actually this earlier today, but I've given Morning Brew about 40 subscribers and I have a t-shirt and I have a mug, um, which unfortunately just broke last weekend. But um, <laughs> that that has that's a genius idea. You know, it's yeah, it's mm -hmm. minimal work for us. We we I mean, as the as the user, you are obviously sold by this flashy product, whatever that may be, you know, a glass, a sweatshirt, a t-shirt. But for them, right. it's you know, we're the walking ambassadors. So that's something I'm trending towards. I still haven't done any Unleashed Knowledge merchandise. I've been flirting with it for a while on the page. People have showed interest, but it's just not something I've pursued time towards. But um, that I think could be, could really, uh, you know, exponentially grow my my following on the email to take on that. Absolutely. It's on the radar. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I know with like, uh, you know, with authors, the big thing is like sharing um, some sort of same thing, right? Some sort of freebie, some sort of uh, something that is going to produce value for the person and like give them reason to subscribe, right? So like with authors, the big thing is like share some sort of version of your book, a PDF, a link to a discount mm -hmm. on Amazon, whatever it is, but something to kind of provide incentive to do so. Because um, it's, you know, you'll have people who sign up just because they're a fan of yours and they want, they want your content. But that's not going to be all of your users, right? Like some of your, your following your, your fan base is going to be, they're going to need some sort of, I don't like to use this term, but persuasion, there needs to be some sort of sure. incentive there. Um, and it's, I don't, I don't mean to say that in a negative aspect that the word persuade tends to uh, bring forth, but you know, it, sometimes people just need that extra little like push it's before true, they though. start to realize the value. It is. Um, and you look at like all of the big names, right? Like, uh, I mean, Tim Ferriss, Sam Harris, uh, all of those people, they have some sort of some sort of value within their within their platforms that kind of help people push towards it beyond just their, you know, their their true fans, so to speak. So where are you, where are you looking to next? I know the newsletter is the big thing right now. Um, you're, you're launching, or I should say you're in the process of kind of experimenting with podcasting. Um, some of which the people you've spoken to have been some pretty big names. Um, right now, are you just doing that on, um, Instagram? Yeah. So actually it's funny. And I shared a bit before the call that we, uh, or currently the podcast is actually not on <laughs> the real podcast platforms. It's, you know, the video and the audio is on YouTube that people can check out. Um, and then I'll post snippets, little teasers per question on each social platform, obviously mainly Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, a next step would 100% be get it on actual plat- uh, platforms. But to be completely honest, you know, I'm getting to a point where uh, I need to focus in on a couple pieces. I need to kind of get back to my old roots. So, you know, yeah. I've had success with the Instagram page because I dedicated, um, you know, a, a solid six months to just that. Like if you, it's funny because I just, um, I looked at my Twitter page and I saw that I created the account last year in February. So I, I launched Unleash the Knowledge in September on Instagram and the Twitter didn't even get created until February. So um, mm. that just shows that, you know, I, I I gave my 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 really serious focus to one thing and, and I grew it and it's had success. Oh, that definitely seems to be the model to move forward. But now I've gone to a point where I'm, you know, trying to branch out far too much and, and have a little you know, have like 20% effort in a couple things versus 80 to 100% effort in one or two things. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, I do want to just get the, you know, audio, um, ver- the audio clips on actual podcast platforms for people to listen, you know, moving forward. But in right. terms of running the podcast consistently, probably going to be a one or two mo- uh, episode kind of a month deal versus once a week or multiple a week. Yeah. Um, cause uh, yeah, again, I mean, there's some other work I'm doing that we'll touch upon a bit. And then, uh, the email should also have more focus. And I'm also actually building out a website that's been long overdue for the, for Unleash the knowledge itself, where, um, hopefully there's, you know, there's links from blogs that connect to the email. So if you, you know, get a book bite in the email and you like it, it'll bring you back to the website. Maybe you could read a blog post on it further. Maybe you could read the full summary. You know, there's more information over there. So there's a, uh, yeah, a lot of couple, a lot of moving parts, but definitely need to get focused in on a few things that um, I, I enjoy the most and I can see have the most return in, in a, I guess, quick amount of time. Right. And that's important too, to not, to not spread yourself too thin. I feel like these days, you know, when somebody's trying to launch, you know, their, their business and their brand, there's so much pressure to kind of like be across so many platforms. You got to be on medium. You got to be on Twitter. You got to be on Instagram. You got to have a newsletter. You got to be on Facebook. You got to be on LinkedIn. Like there's a lot going on. And if you're not careful where you place your, your focus, you spread yourself too thin and then you're, you're just inefficient when it comes to all of them. So it sounds like right now you're, you know, you kind of have Instagram under your belt. You're building the newsletter, the website, the podcast. And I know like the newsletter is kind of like your focus right now. Um, but I do know that you have, like we just spoke about, you have plenty of moving parts there, which is um, a little challenging. So how do you, is it just you? Do you have a team? So it's it's mainly me. Um, I actually do have a team of about 10 interns that I've reached out to uh, from my alma mater at University of Rhode Island. So they're, mm-hmm. they're helping with some work. Um, they're not so much driving any of the machines quite yet. Um they're, they're seasonal or they're semester wide. So, you know, as the days go, it's going to be, I'm going to blink and it's going to be over. So I I probably should, uh, should up that a bit, but, um, yeah, I have some people helping with email, some people with content creation a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately it's like still, uh, not unfortunately, but I am, you know, there's a bottleneck and it's me and and I'm the one kind of running everything in in that sense. But, um, yeah, no, that's probably, that's probably like my biggest flaw in a sense that I love to ch- bite off more than I could chew. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's bizarre because when, like I just said, when I think back to when I didn't do that, 
uh, things, you know, the, the the results were so much better. You know, there, there was just, right. well, first there was low stress and then there was probably more enjoyment because I was just focused on <laughs> one thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's interesting, but I think there's still moments where you should try a couple things and then see what works or see where you're most passionate and then maybe, you know, lock into that. So I'm kind of going through that. And now the email is popping up a bit to be, to be one of the leaders of the next thing to pursue. Um, just cause I, I, I keep actually, so Sam Parr, the founder of the hustle, he said this on the podcast. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. You know, it's not groundbreaking, but it was a, a serious realization. He, he had mentioned that, um, you know, building on Instagram or Twitter or one of these platforms is like renovating a rented apartment when the rent keeps going up every month. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, wow. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, I'm stoic in the sense that, you know, I'll wake up tomorrow and Instagram might be gone and there goes, you know, my main driver. So I'm not a, you know, I'm not a pessimist in any way, but I do understand that things can, you know, the light switch could be flipped off one day. So focusing on right. email is, is important because that's a, that's a piece of data that, you know, you could hold closely to yourself and you could transfer and you can, you know, have a direct relationship with your consumer or your viewer, whatever that may be. So those are some realizations that have happened and going to take the right steps moving forward to pursue them. Yeah. And it's tough too. I mean, you're still at the beginning, man. Like I know you only have a year and a half under your belt of unleash the law, unleash the knowledge brand, you know, and it takes a while to kind of get uh, to the point where you have people working underneath you kind of managing the moving parts um, as if they were you, like it, it, it's, it's difficult to kind of let go of the babies, so to speak, you know, and, um, Definitely. It, it takes time. I mean, that's not, that's not something that's going to happen tomorrow, you know, but like you said, keeping that, keeping your eye on the horizon there is the important part because you, you have an end goal in mind. And if, you know, for listeners sake, no matter what your brand is, whatever you're trying to produce, you got to have the, the big picture in mind, not necessarily at the forefront, but it needs to also be in the picture. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause it, it, you gotta take the, the baby steps, you know, you gotta, you gotta make progress, not, not like the perfection piece because the progress will lead to that. Exactly. And the, and the best way to do that is to focus on one thing, one or two few mm -hmm. things to really, um, again, to not stress yourself out and then to really become an expert or someone pretty proficient with that one platform. Or I mean, literally whatever it may be, it could be, you know, it could be painting, it could be writing, it could be any skill. Um, just, just immersing yourself in that one piece and then, and then moving forward. Cause you'll, um, you know, it's the old adage. If you, the man who ca goes after two rabbits, he catches none. So I try to remind myself yep. with that and somehow I still don't listen to myself, but, um, we'll see what the future <laughs> holds. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do a better job soon. It's always easier said than done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so jumping back to the podcast, um, you've, you've been talking with some pretty, pretty, uh, spotlight, big name people out there. Uh, most notably the one that always comes to mind is Jim quick for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but as somebody who is also running a podcast, much smaller scale, but somebody who's, you know, uh, looking to kind of reach out to different, um, different brands and identities. How do you, how do you attack something like that? Like, how do you uh, find that open communication line with somebody like Jim Quick, 
who has a massive team and a massive following. I mean, how do you, how do you get started there? If someone's looking to kind of do the same thing, do you have any advice? There? Absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, Jim was great. That was a priceless experience. And then it's funny because, you know, once you get Jim, then you can almost get anybody because you just use him as a selling point. But yeah, but right. talking about prior to, to Jim, I mean, first and foremost, I would just make it a, a known fact within your approach that, you know, you're just looking to get prolific people. You know, that's like you set the bar, like you're just looking to get some people that are, are have the social proof or actually have actually done something in the world. So I think that from a mindset standpoint is important, is important. Um, I'm also, I'm a huge networker. I love cold emailing. I love cold DMing. I, I have no fear in any of that. I don't think anyone should. Um, uh, it, it's tough for me to sometimes hear that people feel that way. And I, and I would, I wish I could just tell everyone that there's no, you know, fear and no harm in, in doing so. I mean, worst case you say they get, you get a no, but even the other case is you just never hear from them. You don't, you don't even get an answer because yeah. maybe they haven't even seen it because they probably get tons of DMs. So, but you putting, it, it's like fishing. Like you got to put the, the, you got to put the bait at least out there in the water. It's a massive pool of water, but who knows? You might get that bite. And if you don't, if, I mean, you won't get the bite if you don't even put the, the bait out there. So it's that kind of philosophy, but, um, I guess Jim specifically, uh, it was funny. I think I got through to him actually through his other business or his business page, quick learning. And, um, they had asked, I had posted something of course, and, and first and foremost provide free value. That's the number one pillar of anything, honestly, in life, even from my basketball experience that I probably touched upon in the first episode that we had. Um, you know, you Mm want to put that, you got to put yourself out there and, 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 whether you're looking for a mentor or any favor, really, you um, should always lead with free value and, and not look for anything in return because that's always when you do get something back. So um, that being said, I'm always posting his book. I'm sharing it. I'm tagging him. So there was some engagement there off the bat. Obviously, I'm sure it helped that I had a presence already on social media and I was geared towards right. books. So that helps. But even without that, providing free value is super important. And then if I remember correctly, the conversation I think was, was something like uh, leave a review on Amazon for Jim was like the message I, I got from them. And I said, okay, great, perfect. I'll do that. But let me, I need to get Jim on my 15 minute podcast episode. And I got an email mm-hmm. to it as an assistant and one thing led to another and it happened. Um, and that was probably a really unique opportunity because when we did hop on the live before we went live and we're on the call, he, he had told me he like this 15 minute sliver of time was, you know, it was, it was, it was incredible that I was able to get his time because he had a full TV live streaming crew, like behind the camera that I couldn't see. And he was doing all this content creation and whatnot. So it was definitely a unique, unique experience um, for me too. you know, just the luck that I had in that terms. But um, yeah, it really just comes down to, and again, I mean, to not even just keep harping on Sam Parr, but I, I do like his energy and he, he preaches this too. He's a big cold email guy. I'm pretty sure he, before the hustle uh, newsletter, he had a, a event. Um, it was, it was uh, like the hustle con. It was like a South by Southwest event. And the way he would get people is he would cold e- email them, tell somebody like the co-founder of Pandora radio that he has X, Y, and Z coming prolific people that he'd mentioned obviously he hasn't contacted those people yet and then he would get 
the Pandora guy or whoever he was emailing. And then you go back to those other people and use his name and, and pretty much just build upon that. So, oh, I mean, man. yeah, very risky for sure. I mean, white lying by all means, but <laughs> to be honest, you got to be some sort of hustler or, or a go-getter, you know, to, to get this thing, these things done. Yeah. And after getting Jim, you know, I've been able to get some, some great people like, um, Kara Golden, the founder and CEO of Hint Water. And then I just had Terry Verts, who spent 200 consecutive days in space, which is incredible. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the story behind yep. Jim Quick and providing free value and, and shooting your shot. That, <laughs> that's the, I, the motto <laughs> of this story. So I, I have two questions sure. and feel free to answer these however you, however you like. But uh, first of all, how do you prevent yourself from, uh, I guess the only way I could say this is like fanboying. How do you, how do you not like <laughs> fall over? Like, Oh my God, I'm talking to Jim quick, <laughs> you know, and follow up question. Um, how do you approach the cold call to something like that? I know you touched base on like, you know, some different techniques, but like you specifically, what kind of things are you talking about when you, when you say the word free value, what kind of things are you offering aside from like, Oh, I also had, you know, Jim quick on the episode. Yeah. Two great. So, and again, answer those. Sure, you want. Two great questions. Um, so how do I not be a fanboy? Um, that to be honest, probably stemmed from being in basketball where I've already met some pretty significant people. And, and actually it's funny, like, my two fun stories of college. I met Travis Scott and Mac Miller during, during a concert and then during the airport. That's and awesome. yeah, Mac Miller is, you know, rest in peace. He was a really big part yeah. of my life in middle school and high school. And you know, if you knew me then, or if you ask friends from high school, they'll, they'll know that I knew like every lyric. So for that to happen was awesome, but you know, meeting them and then also meeting, you know, Lamar Odom and other top basketball players through my basketball experience. And then, even being a part of these top brands like Rhode Island and UConn and being able to go to the mass square garden and being on that court and then going to the Knicks locker room, I kind of developed a, 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 I developed a perspective that these people are no better than any of us. You know, we, we put them on this pedestal just because they're, they Mm -hmm. have this social media following or they've accomplished something great. I mean, by all means, I respect so many people, but if I were to run into Jeff Bezos and I'm literally saying this, this might not sound like people can believe me, but I probably wouldn't fanboy because he's just a regular guy that is intelligent by all means, but he saw an opportunity and he just seized it. And now he is who he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's worth tons of money and he's running one of the greatest organizations that we've probably seen in my lifetime so far. But you know, he's a guy from wherever he's from New Mexico or something. And he went to college and he's done his things. He's also made tons of mistakes that are, you know, publicized that we've all seen. So that is uh that's probably the core piece um you know having that basketball experience being around people that are so called you know prolific these UConn alumni players Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lamb and you know coach Jim Calhoun and so forth so NBA players and and whatnot and even these artists the rappers um I kind of just developed a yeah that perspective that um right. to to just not treat them as gods is the best way to put it and and then I guess even just having these podcast episodes, you just, there's no room to have that reaction because you, you only have yeah, them right. for a bit. So you need to, you got to control the emotions you, you, I mean, one way or yeah. another. If you're able to get through to them, you know, you got to make the most of that moment. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the first piece. Um, 
And then you said examples of how to provide free value. So yeah, so like you talked a little bit about free value, but like what, like specifically, what do you offer? Not like what should people offer, but like what does Owen offer? Yeah, you so know I guess best way to put that in in current terms. Um, I mean, I'm sure I can touch upon this a ton, but let's just say only to the knowledge. So a, a way I could provide free value to someone who's got a million followers is I can say I'll put your book in front of my audience for free. So I have this curated audience of readers and learners, forty-seven thousand people. Um, you know, potential people that could see it. Nevertheless, the people that they share it with and, and the, the tags and whatnot and the impressions. But that's just me utilizing a platform I have for their good. And it's aligned with what they're doing. It might sell books. It might get them exposure. So that's one thought. Um, mm-hmm. Another piece, I guess, is so like in basketball, providing free value is, you know, offering up your time, offering up your nights, um, just literally volunteering for different tasks and you know tasks that don't have any money tied to it or or whatnot or just going out of your way to do something um so there's no clean cut it's a pretty broad term of course but i'm sure if you just do a a quick deep dive into yourself and and what you do for work or whatever that may be i'm sure you could find different ways on how to help or so forth so i guess the most practical example in basketball would be um you know instead of going out with your friends go rebound for a player who wants to get extra shots up that night. And the byproduct of doing that is people will see that you're dedicated. You'll have respect for the coaching or the coaching staff will have respect for you. But furthermore, that player might shoot 20, 30, you know, points the next game because you were there for him getting those extra shots. And then that leads to games one that leads to championships. And then, you know, before you know it, you're at UConn and you're at one of the most storied programs. And, um, you know, you have an experience like that, that you could take to the grave. So different things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, probably can just rattle off different examples, but simply just, I, I guess one piece I will include lastly is find ways to make people's life easier and don't ask for money in return. So whatever that may yeah. be, help them out, be an assistant, um, drive somewhere for them, send something, whatever they may look like you want to, you know, you want to, you want to just make someone's life easier and not ask for much in return. And then the return is always a hundred X. If all, obviously, I mean, if all goes well and you do a good job. Right. That step becomes the for the foreground for future steps, you know, and it's the, the progress is not, I think a lot of people have this idea in mind where, you know, you're trying to reach that end goal and it's just a straight line. And right. That's the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, you have to take, you have to take steps towards it. And some of those steps are massive. Others are tiny. I mean, you, you've read atomic habits. It's about, it's about developing your, your daily, your daily routine to structure it. So it points in that direction and you can kind of like adjust as needed as you're going. I mean, that's, that was essentially the whole point uh, James was trying to make there, but you know, you have to kind of, you kind of have to, again, you have to think about the big picture and then you have to, kind of construct ways to delve around the obstacles that are in the way. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. And I'll share one bit and, and I hope this doesn't come off as a plug to my podcast, but why, no, please do. Please why do. I'm doing my podcast <laughs> is, is literally because no one else is taking this approach and this is how I talk to people in general. So, um, you know, you see when someone becomes successful, it looks like an overnight success, blah, 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 they get the press, you know, they're this person now. But as a 
young 20 year old, mid 20 year old myself, I'm so curious about what they were doing at 18. What were they doing in their twenties? What, like, what was the early days? So if you, if you watch my Jim quick episode, I literally asked him, I say, Jim, you know, we know you as who you are. You're the number one brain coach, your selling author and whatnot. But how does one become Jim quick? I know the background story of, of you as a kid and where you were, you were, you were the kid with a broken brain, but how do you become an individual who's speaking around the world about speed reading, about memory retention and so forth? And he, he told me, I mean, he actually told me he actually never really had a real job. He was a tutor is how it kicked off. So he was already mentoring people with, with what he's kind of been doing today. And, uh, mm-hmm. then he built a business around it and then it just kind of grew. So, um, and another example of that is, is Robin Sharma. So someone I, I love his work yes. and he's this leadership expert. He's the, on this big pedestal. He, you know, has this Titan summit for, it's like $40,000 for a seat. It's some, you know, it's something incredible, yeah. but how does one enter that level of success or power to even sell a high ticket offer like that? And I learned that he, um, it's a slow grind. You know, he wrote the book, uh, the monk who sold his Ferrari. He, well, he was first a lawyer and then he was, he was drained and then he self-published this book and it took like five years or so, or 10 years maybe to really pick up. And this is the same story with rich dad, poor dad with Robert Kiyosaki. That book was shut down for 20 years. And then even another story. I mean, there's just so many chicken soup for the soul by Jack Canfield, who I've recently become one degree separated from him through, um, so a great mentor of mine and, 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 pretty much business partner now, Chris Jarvis, where he got rejected by like 130 publishers. And that he, I mean, to date, other than the Bible, I think he sold the most copies of a book, um, close to a billion of this Chicken Soup for the Soul series that touches upon every single mm-hmm. category of the world. Um, so that's what I'm doing in my podcast. I'm trying to uncover what the early days were like. You know, we know, we know people by the glitz and glams and what social media tells us and whatnot, but how and i don't know what your demographic is for your listeners but i'm sure you have some 20 year olds or so or 30 year olds still even if you're 40 i mean it's think of life as a long 70 80 year journey um you can get started whenever but no one uncovers those early days so that's my angle and by doing so it's extremely empowering it um it, it it allows you to not get down on yourself that you might not have accomplished enough that you probably think you should. Um, of course, there's the outliers like the Zuckerbergs who become a billionaire by 25 or so, but that's not everybody. And that once you realize that's not you, that's okay. Um, but even Jeff Bezos, he started Amazon at 30. So once you realize all that, it, it puts things in perspective. But I just wanted to include that, that that's the angle of my podcast where I'm trying to really uncover um, the early days of what made someone who they are today right well all of all of one's life experiences play a role in who they are shaping and and becoming in the long run i mean even like now you and i are talking and this is not the final product i mean yes unleash the knowledge has grown so much since the last time we talked but you know i'm hoping by the next time we talk it's even bigger right i mean that's all of your experiences kind of lead to this this product that's the quote-unquote present moment but you know that that doesn't ever end. That just keeps going until, you know, one day you kick the bucket. And, right. uh, you know, ultimately the goal is to like create something that outlasts oneself. Right. So like to create something like Amazon, that's going to outlive Bezos. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's, that's the goal. And it's not easy, but 
all of your life experiences lead to that. I mean, I think of like you with your background in basketball has a significant role in what Unleash the Knowledge has become and is becoming, right? And it's important to kind of recognize that and uh, reflect and be grateful, of course, for one's experiences, no matter how great or how awful they were, because no matter what, (laughs) they've helped you develop into the person you are now and the brand you are now. Absolutely. And and I'll share one thing uh, with your audience now that I think will really paint the picture. So my story is is hysterical and it's it just shows what you can really do. I actually never played competitive high school basketball. I was five four freshman year and I was super discouraged and I also didn't have too much direction or guidance. So I followed my older brother who's eighteen months older than me and he didn't play. So we played lacrosse. That was my main gig. But I'd always loved basketball. I'd have birthday parties at something called Hoop Heaven in New Jersey growing up. Um, I would take trips with my grandma yeah. to um, the NBA store. And I still remember the prices. It was 50 bucks for the jersey, 30 bucks for the matching shorts. And I used to literally have the whole getup of the Denver Nuggets because I was a big Kenya Martin fan, Carmelo Anthony, and Allen Iverson fan. Um, I also had the Manu Ginobili with the full Spurs suit. But I am um, yeah, exactly. And, and it's, <laughs> that's the story though. But, um, and I mean, I could play the game, but I, I, I mean, I don't look ridiculously unathletic, but I'm definitely not a division one player by any means, but I have two rings right. in division one basketball and I've traveled the world, uh, sorry, the, the nation with two teams and I made it to UConn, which is, I mean, not including 2021. If you think about 2020, 2020 and back the past 20 years, they have the most championships, four championships mm-hmm. in 20 years. Um, and that's from a kid who didn't even have the credentials to even be on the court or, or be a part of the team. So hopefully that inspires people, but that's the, that's the, my story. And, and I'll be hopefully preaching that till, like you said, till I kick the can, but that just shows, you know, you can literally do anything you want and, and don't let people tell you that you don't belong there. Believe me, I was told I shouldn't be there. And, um, but look what happened. I mean, I have a framed Jersey in my room with my headshot and my last name and two rings and loads of years of experience and, and memories that I can replay in my head. So hopefully that, uh, that jolts people into the right direction to pursue what they want to do, even if they don't quite have that resume already built for them. Mm-hmm. You just, I mean, the truth is you just never know. You, you There's no, no one, anyone who says they know they're lying. I mean, you just don't, <laughs> you know, you have the goal in mind. Again, you have the direction you want to head and you might not, follow the exact road that everyone else took to get there but you know if you're pursuing it you're going to get there absolutely so um i think that's an awesome segue i wanted to also bring up and talk about this new endeavor i know you're working on you kind of made a soft announcement about it on your on your page um but you're launching a new learning community um i guess kind of side by side with unleash the knowledge but it's goes by a different name um, I want to let you do the explaining and talking about it, but would you mind bringing that up a little bit, talking about it, diving in? I don't, I don't want to, you know, blow up your spot or anything. But no, absolutely, I'm happy to share. So this new startup, it's called Gura, G-U-R-A. The website's Gura.io. It is um, the best way to explain it is a couple ways, but it's an education technology platform focused on live virtual videos. Um, it is, it's like Clubhouse, if you're familiar with it today, that's an app blowing up, which is all live audio, but we're live video. So think Coursera, Udemy, Masterclass, but this platform is 
strictly live rather than pre-recorded classes or sessions rather because it's more than just a class it could be a q a it could be a webinar it could be a panel discussion it could be all, all sorts of things but it is live virtual so you're safe at home from covid and you can still learn from people in real time and um the biggest pillar is that we're trying to empower the creator economy so how we're different from the Courseras and master classes is you can be an expert in your own way, but society might make you out to be to not make you an expert because you don't have a PhD or you don't have the certain research backing or you don't have, you know, the the, the I don't know the the background or so of what they picture an expert to be. But it's for people like myself, even with unleashed knowledge, even though I'm a part of the team of Gura, I could use it and and you could use it as well, Glenn, with whatever you'd like to teach. Um, and and you can you could charge people a virtual ticket. So it is um it's it's we're trying to you know revolutionize education some more. Obviously, it's being a, disrupted in terms of where you learn and how expensive it is and and uh, things of that nature, and also who you learn from. So there's tons of prolific people on social media that are either fitness junkies and they're teaching you how to get a workout in during quarantine. Or, um, you know, someone that just loves, who knows, uh, bird keeping, and he can teach you how to be a bird keeper and do that from, again, the comfort of your home for a fraction of mm -hmm. the price that you might think it would cost. So that's Gura. We're set to launch first or second week of March. We already have a ton of people on board, some beta testers, and um, a couple other pieces I'll note that is very interesting about it is if you're a host, you'll have the opportunity to donate some of the earnings that you obtain to a cause. So we're going to partner with 10 to 15 causes like mental health research, Black Lives Matter, child hunger, immigration reform, and so forth. So not only are you profiting, you're making money off your expertise and your influence, but you also have this opportunity to, you know, meet our our audacious goal of inspiring humanity and uh, changing the world, period, by giving some money to these causes. So those are um, some of the big factors. There's some other cool features within the page, but it's going to be, you know, a, a database of classes, almost like a YouTube, but they're all going to be a ticking time bombs down to the point when they actually go live. So you can sift around whenever you like. You can sign up, buy a $20 ticket, $10 ticket, depending on what the price point is and um, learn from someone through a video chat in uh, in the Gura platform and see their raw, authentic self without the editing and glitz and glams of what pre-recorded classes may be and gain a lot of knowledge. So that's what we're trying to do. And I, I think it has some power to take off. Um, you know, personally, I, I, I phrase it in a way that if you split the world into thirds, there's a third of people that are auditory learners. There's a third that are uh, visual like myself and then there's a third that's uh, kinesthetic if I'm not incorrect in terms of you know you have to actually do the work you have to physically put yourself into the atmosphere to learn so mm -hmm. even if we just target one percent of that third of visual learners I think this thing could um, impact a lot of lives and get going so absolutely I, I definitely know betterism we're gonna we're gonna jump in on that for sure because I think there's not only just for the opportunity to support a friend, but I mean, ultimately the platform itself to me is groundbreaking. I mean, you, you have a plethora of options to choose from when it comes to online learning, like you said, but so many of them are pre-recorded, and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that style of learning, but 
you know, just speaking as a teacher, there's, there's a power in the live moment that does not exist when you're studying, you know, a video on YouTube or, or masterclass or whatever it is, you know, and the, the ability to kind of connect with your audience, with your students, so to say, in an authentic way, uh, goes miles beyond that pre-recorded lesson. Um, and I'm, I'm experiencing this firsthand with, with zoom right now, you know, as a teacher, like we, we're teaching kids online, which is tough because we've taken this online learning model, which is essentially meant for adults. And now across the country, we're expecting kids to partake in it. And, you know, I think parents are definitely experiencing some trouble there, especially with the younger ones. Um, but you know, what I'm, what I'm seeing and what I'm taking away is that it, it's more efficient to be in the moment with students than it is to like record a video for them to watch later. Not that, again, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's, but there's, I feel like there's more power in that live element, that face to face, even though again, you know, other sides of the world can via, via screen, but that, that ability to ask a question when you're stuck rather than going to Google and looking it up to see if anyone else had that same question, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's just that element of that. So where, I mean, where did this come from and how long have you guys been working on it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, to your first point, I guess just some, some piggybacking, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, tons of research in terms of completion rates with, with just how low completion rates are are showing in terms of pre-recorded classes because no one's pushing Mm -hmm. you to finish them. So we're setting the classes to an hour max. Um, one, because people have busy schedules and lives to get to, but also people's attention spans are very short. Um, so an hour, hour cap to learn from someone in a live setting virtually, I think could be pretty powerful. And, um, and you'd be able to gain some good knowledge to put into the world and the completion rate will, you know, ideally be a hundred percent of people that enter and then stay through the whole thing. Cause, um, cause it's live cause you know, the person's actually teaching in real time. So that's something to point out. Um, but yeah, so the, you know, it came, so first off, I've kind of been praying on this, speaking out into existence, even with only some knowledge, I'm kind of on this, this adventure journey trek to, um, you know, revolutionize education to some degree that might sound pretty Mm -hmm. audacious of course, but, um, you know, I, I got the master's before 23. Uh, I was a poor academic student in high school and I turned the flip the switch and I've kind of gone through the higher ed process that society tells me I should do. And, and it's all good and well. I mean, I'm not knocking education, formal education by any degree. I think college is still beneficial, but it, it depends on who you are and, and what you're going for. Um, right. But I do think that, and, and I don't have to say this because it's happening in, in real time, that education is becoming more accessible and it's coming at a far cheaper fare far cheaper price and it's you know able to reach people globally wherever you are in the on the globe um so but where it came about at least gura and my involvement is one saying what i just said kind of been speaking it out into the world and it kind of came my way where i kicked off the year reading the almanac of naval ravikant by eric jorgensen so good yeah so good who who i actually had the pleasure of interviewing as well great dude um in terms of just being the author and who he is as a person but um you know, after I finished the book, that led me down my usual rabbit hole after I finished a book. And uh, I ended up going to Angel's List, which Naval created, of course. And mm-hmm. um, I had always had a profile, but never actually explored it. And decided to give it a go again, just see what's going on. 
and I end up finding Gura, um, the description itself, you know, spoke to me. And then the the position that was offered, which was like, uh, you know, head of growth, business development kind of deal, sales role, outreach role, which is what I'm doing with the with the company. Um, that just spoke to me as well. And it, it tied so much into Unleashed Knowledge. So I knew by taking on this new endeavor, one, it fulfilled a, a mission of mine that I've been searching for, but also it wouldn't be a tremendous uphill battle. It would be killing two birds with one stone almost because I had already mm-hmm. built that network of people. So essentially the people I've been reaching out to in the past week and week or two, um, well, I guess two weeks now, have been my only knowledge community and, and a lot of people love it. Um, so, you know, that's really how it started. Found it on my own in angels list applied, had a call with, with my business partner, my founder, Mark, and, uh, we've been at it. We're, we're, we're in the ground running and he's a product designer. I'm, I'm the talker. So it works out pretty good. <laughs> and then we got two guys that are actually building the product in terms of front end and, and back end developers. And, um, right. yeah, so we have this date for about a month out to, to launch and, um, yeah, that's really how it came about. It's funny, you know, a book and then a, a quick search and then finding the listing that worked well with me and then, you know, sold myself. And and to be honest, what's funny and, and Mark will say this is that, you know, one of the, the main reason he probably went with me was the validation of only some knowledge and how I was able to build this community. So it's, uh. Right. It's, it's funny how UTK has, has given me a new position that could potentially, you know, be my life's work to some degree or be a big part of my life if things go well. Right. Well, again, it ties back to that, the, the, the big goal, right? I mean, you, the, the steps vary in size to get there. Um, and sometimes they're invisible. You don't even, right. you, don't, you don't know they're there until they're there. And this very much sounds like one of those things that kind of, not that it fell in your lap, but essentially kind of happened at the right moment in your life where it was ready to kind of take off. So I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, and I know, you know, at Betterism, I, I definitely want to hop in on that because that's essentially the whole purpose of what Betterism stands for is the um, interaction and, and, and uh, learning and teaching within the community. Um, you know, I, I started the blog and the podcast here, the Instagram with the same idea in mind of trying to alter the way um, education is dealt right now. Again, there's nothing wrong with the traditional route. However, I think as just as a species, we've kind of evolved past it. And I think we need to start thinking about how that's going to look going forward, especially now where, you know, 90% of us, 80% of us, I'm just making that number up are working, teaching, learning from home. You know, it's, it, there's, it's not the same as it once was. And I think we need to embrace that and kind of use it to build upon and move forward. Um, and it's, you know, it's important to recognize that learning is not restricted to the classroom. It's not restricted to these lines that society has created for us. Again, not that there's anything wrong with those lines, but those lines are able to be stepped over and crossed over. But, you know, it, not that that's easy. I know that makes it sound like it's easy to kind of do that, but it's important to recognize that you have that ability. Um, you have the ability to tune into a podcast and learn a new thing just because you heard two people talking to each other. You know, um, you subscribe to a newsletter, you know, and you read this book bite and it led you down this rabbit hole. Like learning is not so formal in the way that public education leads us to believe. 
And I think yeah, that's I important. completely agree. And, and and one thing I'll piggyback on that is, um, and I've always felt this way growing up, and I thought it was wrong, I guess. But I was always more of like a jack of all trades. I never had this one avenue that I was expert at or perfect at. You know, I was a social guy. I could talk well, I guess, in front of people. I guess that was my my biggest thing that I loved. But there was no sport I was fantastic at. Um, you know, I wasn't amazing. I clearly wasn't good in the classroom. So there was just different. I guess I would take notes on people and, and always think, wow, you know, Jimmy over here, he's really good at this and whoever is good at this. But I always felt I was a jack of all trades, which is can be a negative because people always say jack of all trades, master of none. But um, someone like David Epstein, I think, is his name. He's an author who wrote Range. And I think that's the new concept that it's less yeah. of being specialized. I mean, again, by all means, if you're a surgeon, you should be specialized in that career. So you don't you don't mess up. <laughs> but then again, even to, you know, further that um, the, uh, you know, people are becoming more generalists. But even that surgeon, he might be a great golfer. That's completely different from being a surgeon. So he so it's all right. about learning from different perspectives and, and learning different skills. Um, and an, another author that I worked with, um, Dr. Abraham Gutzlidio, uh, I botched his last name, of course, but uh, Dr. G, he wrote a book where it takes multiple skills, different people to come together as one to f- solve a problem. You know, it's not just, it's not just usually one right. problem. Even if you have a leak in your sink, yes, you call a plumber, but he might have to use a couple skills to navigate this problem. So I guess what I'm saying is mm-hmm. we're pushing more towards a generalist economy versus a specialized economy. And I think um, it's, it's those added attributes to your core attribute or your core, you know, uh, piece that you need to exemplify for your job. That is um, allowing right. people to solve complex problems and come together and, and unite and all good things in general. So that uh, I think that's something to keep in mind, and um, I don't think you should feel bad about having multiple interests because kids my age and, and younger, and, and I'm sure some of your students in your classroom struggle with this whole, you know, what's my purpose and, and what's my mission in life, and they feel like it needs to be one thing. Like I had a passion for basketball for the past six years, and I still have a passion for it. I love the game, and, and I, you know, there's many aspects I love, but it's not my life anymore. I've, I've transitioned. So, right. um, it's kind of that it's that understanding that you can, you could potentially live a couple lives in one, essentially, if, if you'd like to, I mean, you could be a teacher, but you're also a writer, you know, you're a reader, you're a podcast mm-hmm. host. So, um, they're all intertwined of course, but they are different occupations to some degree. They're, they're different avenues. Right. I think it's important to kind of, like you said, um, not that you, again, not that you want to spread yourself thin, but right. it, it is important to kind of have skill sets across all of them. Cause usually what ends up happening is you have skill sets in one area that can apply to another area. Right. And once you kind of figure out like how those pieces link up, I mean, that's, that is truly empowering because you can kind of start taking steps in multiple directions. Again, you want to, you know, take your focus into account and, you know, set your goals and kind of, work in a direction that you're aiming for but at the same time like you know again just to use myself as an example like you know teaching is my forte but you know podcasting is a passion of mine i i started listening to podcasts on my drive to work and i was like you know what i could i could really help people learn this way right so i kind of took steps in that direction um writing is my specialty within teaching right like that's my my content area but 
ultimately, like if I were to learn anything, I could teach it because I know how to teach. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think the, the idea is to kind of recognize what your, like you said, your core attribute is, but then kind of also see how it has roots in other areas. Um, and you can develop those roots too, right? Like once you see that path, you can kind of strengthen Absolutely. it. You know, you can find the, find the water. So right. To speak. And you call upon all, like you said, you, you, you don't do it all at once. You, you call upon those experiences at different times. And, um, you know, even if you're mid twenties, like myself, you know, we've mid 20 year olds have still experienced, I'm sure a good deal of, of life. And you can still call upon various polar opposite experiences to help solve your problems today or give you direction moving forward. Exactly. And as you grow, you know, as you get older, more experiences will pile on and it's just more data. It's almost like a, I, I, you could treat yourself as a computer. You have more storage and more data to analyze <laughs> further problems by going back and seeing what happened in the past. It's true. We are the most advanced piece of technology on this planet. And I don't even think right, some of us right. realize that. <laughs> All right, Owen, man. I think this is a good place to kind of tie it together, jump over to the rapid fire questions. I know this is the second time I'm through them. So, you know, feel free to expand or you could even use the same answers if you want. But uh, we'll jump in. Are you ready yeah, for these? I don't think I remember my last answer. So if, uh, if I say them again, <laughs> then they really mean a lot to me. And if they, I don't, then I've learned something new. That's good, though. It'll It'll provide incentive for listeners to go back. Check out Definitely. the first episode. All right, cool. Um, and so I call these rapid fire. They don't really have to be quick responses. You can take sure. as long as you need. It's up to you. All right, so the first one, I'm sure you have a plethora of answers to this, but what are you currently reading and what uh, would you like to recommend it to our listeners? Would I recommend the book I'm reading or, or another book? Uh, okay. Either or. <laughs> so I'm reading two books right now. One is um is by Brandon Fakara. It it came out in December. It's called Ninety Days of Failure and Some Success: Real Life Strategies for Surviving Sales Career Transitions. Um, not applicable to me, but I'm working closely with Brandon to try to bring more light to his book. So perfect place to share a bit about it on here. Um, so if you're if you lost your job from COVID or 2020, and maybe you're specifically in the sales world this book would be helpful. Brandon was actually on the show. My name is Earl and he's a, um, and he's a comedian, stand-up comedian. So he's, he's been through many transitions in showbiz and now he's a, and then he turned into sales and then he became a sales coach and now he's an author. So he has a lot to share in terms of transitions. But, uh, the book I'm reading right now is an area I'm trying to grow in. It's actually called copywriting secrets by Jim Edwards. So I'm learning a bit about copywriting and it's funny because it seems like if you're a good writer in terms of sales copy and whatnot, you can almost sell, you know, poop to little kids. It seems like if you're able to curate <laughs> the sentences in a certain way um, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sell garbage. Um, I'm trying to be a, a better way of I'm trying to learn how to package my thoughts and my, and what I have to offer in a better way. So that's why I'm reading it. But um yeah, Jim Edwards seems to be a one of the pioneers or modernized experts on the topic. So checking it out. It's been good so far, but those are two books. Excellent. I um I remember a few years back, Cards Against Humanity got away with something like that where they were they sold like literal little gar literal garbage. Really? 
<laughs> I don't know how they got away with it, but uh, I don't. I, I assume that was their their end because you haven't you don't really hear much about cards against That's humanity true. anymore. I think but, they're actually yeah. Again, like just just because you you know just because you know it doesn't mean you have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but good skill to know, I guess. Um, you know, so we talked about this way earlier, but whether you're in actual sales or not everyone's being sold one way or another or you're selling others through persuasion yep. or through just trying to get people on board with what you're about so um learning the foundational p- pillars of sales and copywriting and, and so forth and persuasion even though it's not not the most glamorous topics i think is super beneficial it'll help you tremendously yeah absolutely I usually couple when I'm reading uh, on that topic, I usually try to couple that with, uh, and this might just be my teacher self, but I usually try to couple those types of reads with psychology as well. Cause a lot of times that has to Definitely. do with like how those Absolutely. things operate. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. Um, so question number two, man, I don't, I don't think I remember your answer for this first one either, but um, what is your favorite meal to prepare and cook could be for yourself friends and family could just be in general, but I think, I, <laughs> I, I mean, this hasn't changed in, in years. So maybe I said the same thing as last time, but um, I do come from a nice Italian family who has owned two restaurants and, and pre my, before I was born and, and during a bit when I was alive um, or after I was born, but um, I'm not the best cook. I need to get better at that for sure. And, and my girlfriend knows that, but I, I love a good scrambled eggs. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like, my bread and butter and um, I'm a big breakfast guy. So I, I'm almost positive. That's probably what I said last time and I'll have to go with it again. But um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with breakfast. I'm good with the eggs. It's uh, not too challenging, but I do think my product is above average. So we'll go with some nice scrambled eggs to kick <laughs> off the morning. You can't go wrong with that. It's a great, great way to start the day. So I, you know, now that you say that too, I think, I I think that just spark a little spark went off. That was the same answer, but it's okay. Oh, it's cool. That just shows. Go that back shows and listen to the first I, uh, episode. I need to spend maybe less time on my growth with the brand and and, and maybe myself personally. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe yeah, some yeah. cooking skills. <laughs> that could be a next step. Oh man, it's all right. It could be. You never know. Maybe someone will uh, on exactly. Google. Someone will teach teach how to cook other other styles That'd of eggs. Perfect. You know, if there's any listeners. <laughs> that could do that <laughs> talk to me the chefs yep. the chefs out there Love it. reach out all right uh so third question don't feel like this has to be profound but it can be if you want what is one life lesson you'd like to share with the audience could be from our chat today could be something you've been thinking about lately but yeah what do you live by question. these days and uh i've answered this a couple times recently but um my mantra my motto it, it really just stems from the fact that you know, tomorrow's gone. Who you were yesterday is is irrelevant. Today is a new start, you know, a new day. You can completely transform your life if you want to. I'm a living testament of it. You know, I've turned, I made a 180 in my own life in the past six to eight years or so. And um, there's countless stories of people who have done the same, who have probably done a bigger jump than I have. Uh, fortunately, I wasn't on so much of a downhill, but I did make a switch. But that is, that's my my big message that um tomorrow's gone today's a new day you can uh you can start living that dream you can start working towards that that idea that you might have had little by little but if you get another breathing day it's a gift and 
Um, and, and don't think it's ever too late. I mean, me saying that at my age, I, you know, no one should think that, but I hope I'm, I, I hope, and I think I will have that same mentality, even when I hopefully get to an age of 70 or 80, that you can still start something new and you can, uh, you know, transform your life in some way. It's true. It's never too late. I just had a guest on actually, Mark Scheinbaum, uh, was talking about how he was a business exec his whole life. And he always wanted to write a book. He was really into creative writing when he was younger, retired and wrote a book. He just put it out. Actually. I think it dropped last week, two weeks ago, but, um, never too late. It is never too late to take steps towards something you desire. 100%. That's, uh, I mean, there's, there's countless stories of people who have done that and, 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 myself and i'm sure many others are thankful they did because now the work that they produce you know robin sharma for example could be still a lawyer doing his thing you know beating cases or or producing good in that way but if he never took the jump out of that career we would not have all of his amazing personal development work and leadership work so there's an example there but tons of people who have made that change exactly mm-hmm. absolutely all right, Owen, man. I am grateful for your time today. Um, appreciate you coming on the show. Where can listeners uh, check out your work? Where, I know Instagram's a big one, but uh, if they want to sign up for a newsletter, yeah, absolutely. Like that, well, where can first they find and you foremost, online? thank you, Glenn, for the time, of course, and again, and happy to do this again, or however many times down the road, if I have more more to impart on people and, and more progress. But um, yeah, unleash the knowledge, uh, spell that as it is, fully through on Instagram is a great place to head to. Um, our, the bio link in, in, you know, the link in our bio has all the other ways you can follow and, and, and keep up to date with only the knowledge, whether it's the other social platforms or our newsletter, the newsletter sign up is in there. And then, um, and then guru.io, uh, guru's on social as well. Gura underscore IO. And then on Instagram and, and Twitter, um, LinkedIn and Facebook as well, but the website's Gura. .io, and I'd be happy for you to check that out. If you go to it right now, there's an email capture uh, landing page, and there's also some FAQs for you to learn more about what we're trying to do. And hopefully this, you know, in about a month, March 12th, we will be live. So check us out, but Unleash the Knowledge, and, and I'm sure if you're following Unleash the Knowledge, you'll get more information about Guru as well, because I'll be promoting cross-platform. But those are the two places to follow my work. Excellent. 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 All right, Owen, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank we'll you again. In the Have a great day. See ya. Absolutely. You too. Later. Hey guys, just one more quick thing before you take off. Um, I wanted to take a second to express my sincere gratitude for your time and your attention it's appreciated way more than you realize. Um, if you'd like to support our cause and what we're doing here at Betterism, there's a few ways you could do that. Um, you could share, rate, or review the show. Um, it's available wherever you get podcasts. You can join our blog and contribute some of your wisdom to our growing family. Or if you're able to, you can donate or subscribe any amount to paypal.me bingbang. That link is in the show notes. Um, thanks again so much for your time and I hope you have a great day.
Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning. <laughs>